Welcome back to another week of Instigating with Clarky and Drury, brought to you by our friends at Conway Furniture, our friends at Larry Hudson Chevrolet Buick GMC, and of course, the Listowel Squash Courts. Ryan Drury here, no Clarky this week, which is unfortunate because we're joined by a great special guest and a great friend of the show and a great compatriot Leaf fan with Clarky. He'll be sad to miss it. The one and only your friendly neighborhood dark guy, Jason Maslikow, back on the program. Jason, how are you, man? Absolutely fantastic, especially after Leafs opening the year with a win last night. So I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, I always hate missing Clarky, but uh, the show must go on and we got this. The show must go on. We'll be okay, I think. And uh, let's start right with what you brought up right off the top there. Opening night win for the Leafs against their hated rival, the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal not making it very easy on them, though. They had to pull the goalie, the dramatic comeback. Austin Matthews was electric. How you feeling after that performance? It felt a little... A little jilted at times. I don't think either coach will be very happy with how their team played, but the Leafs won, and that's all that matters, right? Uh, you know what? The two points is is all that counts, but in the end, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. That was an absolutely sloppy performance at both ends of the ice for, for Toronto. Uh, you know, it looked like their first exhibition game of the year, not their uh, first regular season game. Uh, you know, there were some complaints after the game about the ice at the ACC, which might have attributed to, uh, you know, some of the guys uh, flopping all over the place there, uh, notably, you know, TJ Brody on, on the first goal uh, for the breakaway. And, you know, Matthew Nyes uh, at one point in time uh, uh, bit the ice just kind of skating into the zone there. It was it was sloppy, but uh, very big character win to to come out and, and play the way they did uh, to start the game. Uh, the way they did in the third period and to gut it out, come back from two deficits in the game, uh, down by two in the third, uh, and, and you gut it out, you tie it up, and, and you win it in a shootout. Uh, so for as, as much of a sloppy game as it was, and no coach loves to see that, uh, you love to see the way the Leafs responded if you're Sheldon Keith. Yeah, they battled. They didn't give up, and especially in that third period where they snatch the momentum back and tie it up at three in the second, and then Montreal gets two quick ones in the third, and and you're thinking, uh-oh, was all that for nothing? And Austin Matthews answered that question, didn't he? Um, obviously, the negative, sure, they're evident because they're sitting there on the scoreboard. Yes, the ice was poor, which is, you know, mind numbing to me. And they're doing this $350 million renovation. Can they get a new coolant system in there then? Like, what is the deal? This seems to be a recurring story. The last few years, the ice at Scotiabank, not good to start the year. Like, what's going on here? There's some multi-billion dollar corporation. We can't get good ice. But outside of that, sure, the negatives, defensive breakdowns, whatever. The only big negative I want to point out to you before we point out some very, you know, nice positives for the Leafs is, you know, the atmosphere. And I just, again, Jason, I feel bad for the fan base because it's just too expensive to go to these games. And there were, pardon me, a lot of suits there. And even Joe Bowen on the radio broadcast was calling it out. Like the atmosphere in there for a home opener was junk. What was your opinion? They needed you there. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, and I, I tend to bring as much energy as I can when I go. Uh, but that's par for the course with the ACC or, sorry, Scotiabank. Um, 
given the nature of, of how difficult it is to get tickets and how expensive it is, how many corporate season seats there are, uh, un unfortunately, you tend to have a little bit more of a, a laid back uh, crowd versus the robust diehards that are there to support the team and scream their face off uh, with a painted face and dyed beard. So um, to say it's disappointing, uh, you know, I've kind of gotten used to it over the years and uh, almost look forward to some of the road games when you know it's going to be more diehard Leaf fans there uh, than whether it's Senators or Flames fans. Uh, we get better crowds on the road. It's true. And and again, it's not fair because, you know, Leafs fans are as passionate as anybody and you see it that, you know, I tweeted, you know, at, at our friend Julia Tashery, who who tweeted about it, that the real fans are out in Maple Leaf Square. They're out there screaming their head off with the big screens. You see it every playoff run like that's where the fans are, unfortunately, and not that there's not you know, diehard fans in there wearing a suit maybe, but just the, the atmosphere, it was a little disappointing, but Hey, you know, whatever, like you said, it's, it's part of the course and the team seemed to be able to find the necessary energy. And let's talk about that. Let's just start with the obvious one. That 34 kid is pretty good. He's pretty good. And he's got the franchise record now for uh, opening night goals. He's got 12. Uh, he passed Babe Die. Uh, obviously, a, a great record to hold. Austin Matthews always hits the ground running, and he did last night, or, or Wednesday night, pardon me, with, with a hat trick. A great, I believe it's his eighth hat trick. Didn't have any last year, but eight career hat tricks now. Like, what else can we say about the guy? I mean, he is the best goal scorer in the league right now. Uh, no question about it. And and we're going to be talking about Austin Matthews uh, a little more later in the show. Uh, you can bank on that. Uh, but yeah, everything you said to nail on the head there. I mean, Austin Matthews is easily the, the, the most prolific goal scorer in the game right now. Uh, you know, no disrespect to to Ovechkin, who, you know, still got a shot at, at breaking Gretzky's record here. But uh, right now it's Austin Matthews. And and there's I don't think there's any debate with that. Uh fastest born American player to 300 goals as well. Uh, and he's actually only eight took him eight games more than Ovi did to get to 300. So when we're looking at what kind of damage he's on pace to do over the course of his career, uh, you look at your beloved Ovi and he's right there with him. So uh, uh, very excited to see Matthews seemingly very healthy risk problems behind him and doing what he does best, putting the puck in the net. That's my only concern for him is is can he keep doing this like Ovi has in deep into his 30s? Because Ovi's 38 now and will probably score 40 again this year with Nick Backstrom healthy. Can Matthews do that? Like we've seen him do it through his 20s. Not quite as many Rocket Richard titles yet. He's got a ways to go there. But when you look at the 308, more games than which is funny eight eight it took him eight more games how how weird you can't script this stuff you yeah. know in terms of young goal scoring prowess he's right there and that's my only concern is is some of his injury worries early in his career will they be exacerbated as he gets older because oh like just has not been hurt which is freakish because he's thrown more hits than anybody in the league since he was drafted, which is nuts. Can he do that? I'd like to see him try. I'd like to see Matthews hit 700 plus and health is really 
the only thing that you can say would be a concern because when he's healthy, he's shown that he can fire it. And the cool thing I like too, Jason is like the, the guys they've done it in different ways. Ovi's done it the power forward way with that one timer, of course. And Matthews has done it going right down the pipe playing center with that great snapshot. Like they've done it in completely different ways. It's cool to see. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes down to, you know, can he do it um, into the later years of his career, like Ovi has been, uh, I, I absolutely see no reason why he can't. You know, we're sitting here talking about his injury concerns and having a down year last year. And was it really the down year? Like, I mean, he was still, what, 40, 40 plus goals last year, right? So, <sighs> Even in a down year, he's still putting the puck in more often than than majority of the league. So I, I don't really have too many concerns that way. Obviously, I just want uh, uh, our best player to stay healthy uh, for as long as he can and and bring home a couple cups. So uh, that's that's all I seem to I, I really care about in the end. Exactly, and that's all that really matters. And that's kind of a weird feeling, right? Because and it's a feeling I can relate to, like. We're celebrating the hat trick and Matthews is electric. It's great to have this collection of talented players. It just feels it, I'm feeling deja vu back in the day with my caps, that, that weird feeling of like hockey's back, but I almost don't care because I just want to see what happens in April. Are you feeling that as well? I, I'm sure a lot of Leaf fans probably are and for good reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't know. I love it too. I love it too much to just want to jump ahead and hit the fast forward button. Uh, right. I like the ups and downs of the season. I, I love watching, you know, guys like uh, Noah Gregor and and Fraser Mitten absolutely will their way into the lineup uh, through the exhibition games. You know, for everybody that complains, you know, even Austin Matthews was was saying maybe there should be less exhibition games. Uh, and you know, a lot of fans don't want any period, and it's like. I don't think you can underestimate the value of those exhibition games when you have guys coming in that want to be in Toronto that are playing their hearts out to earn that roster spot uh, like Minton and Gregor, uh, Gregor did this year. Uh, those are parts of the the season that I absolutely love. So no, I, I I'm as much as I'm looking forward to, you know, taking a next step uh, for the Leafs. Uh, I don't want to skip the regular season and everything in between. Yeah, you want to enjoy the journey. You want to enjoy all the goals, right? It's it's part of it, you know. You still have great memories of of the journey along the way, and I, I, hopefully it ends up in a cup. Let's talk a bit about that. And it starts with some of the new guys. You mentioned a couple of them. Gregor, who gets on the board last night on Wednesday, pardon me, in, in the opener. And, uh, of course, Fraser Minton, a kid that could go back to the WHL. He gets into the lineup. But the three marquee guys that were signed, obviously, uh, Domi. Bertuzzi and of course Klingberg who had a, a a really nice opening night controlling the puck and running that top power play unit what'd you think of your three big marquee guys last night uh because I, I thought that you know they all added a little bit of kind of what we expected Domi was involved he had some good chances Bertuzzi was stirring things up and getting guys angry and drawing penalties I thought it was a pretty good night for those three guys yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, lo looking at, I'll start with Jonathan Klingberg. Uh, you know, he was kind of listed as day to day going into that uh, into that game last night. And, and for me, quite it 
quite obviously showed that he was still kind of battling something. His, his skating wasn't as smooth and as quick as he normally is. You could tell there was something hindering him, but uh, the puck distribution, the, the, the first pass out of the zone, Jonathan Klingberg is going to make this team that much better, that much deeper, because now all of a sudden you have a, a, a power play quarterback for both units. Uh, you got Klingberg taking over the number one spot and you can move Morgan Riley down into the second unit. Uh, and the other two guys you, you mentioned, uh, Bertuzzi and Domi, uh, once again, giving our, our power play some amazing depth when you can roll out your second line with Bertuzzi, Domi and Matthew Nyes with Morgan Riley on the point. Um, everything about this Leafs team is is better than it was last year, if if you're asking my overall general opinion here. I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi's an instant upgrade over Bunting. Uh, Domi's an instant upgrade over Kerfoot. And, I mean, as much as he's going to be a defensive liability throughout the year, I mean, Leaf fans are going to criticize Jonathan Klingberg's play in his own zone plenty, at least he brings leaps and bounds more offense than a guy like Jonathan Hall, uh, Justin Hall did. So I, I'm actually absolutely ecstatic, and uh, I, I absolutely love their uh, their first impressions on in their game last night. You mentioned people are going to get frustrated with Klingberg's defensive acumen. Let's talk a bit about that in terms of this team because last year, you know, we saw them have good overall team defensive numbers. But in the playoffs, it kind of came back that that blue line was lacking and it was lacking in a, a particular dimension. And that was kind of, you know, not even necessarily size, but just an overall ability to defend different types of situations in, in the playoffs. I don't know that I see a big improvement there. And again, that's what's frustrating in a way. And I remember having the same conversations with people about the caps in 2016, 17, heading into that 18 year of, I don't know if their blue line's good enough. And we won't know till April. And that's what's frustrating about it. I, I need to see a lot come April out of this group, which I'm sure maybe at the deadline could look different. I still, I don't know, man. That's the one thing I look at with this Leafs team still. I'm looking at their blue line, and I don't see a big dog, and I don't see killers back there. Is that a concern for you? Uh, always. You always want to go into the playoffs with the you know the strongest decor possible. Uh, but that's the joy of the regular season here. So the way I'm looking at this team, and they're constructed, and, and some of the young guys stepping up, uh, like I agree with you, probably very likely that Fraser Minton heads back to the WHL after his nine games. Um, but you you look at the young guys on the team and and you hope that somebody uh, develops and steps up and and makes perhaps William Nylander. I hate to bring his name up again, but does a uh, the emergence of Matthew Nyes into a bona fide top six player? make William Nylander expendable. We know we know what his contract demands are roughly uh, in, in the range of what he's looking for. You know, does somebody make him expendable? Does he play so well he prices himself out of a contract in Toronto? There's no way Brad Living is going to go into the playoffs uh, past the trade deadline without some certainty given 
what transpired in Calgary. Uh, I think he learned from his mistakes there uh, and the way uh, he, he lost uh, a couple guys. I don't foresee him making the same mistake with a guy like William Nylander. So maybe Nylander prices himself out. We get we get a beautiful D for him. Maybe one of the guys steps up, makes him expendable. So there's options here. I don't think that the decor we see now is what you're going to see going into round one. Yeah, and it's interesting to note, too, that Brad Treliving is a guy who is, you know, almost famous for going after big defensive upgrades. Think back to Dougie Hamilton, Noah Hannafin, like guys like that. Like he goes out there and he targets guys on the blue line. He values having a stout blue line. Mark Giordano would know that from his time in Calgary when when Tree was still at the helm there. So I think that there are lots of interesting options that will not kind of come to fruition until well into the season. And that's kind of part of the, you know, this initial frustration with the year starting where you're waiting for that breakthrough and you're, you got to wait, we got to wait until April. And, and, you know, even before that, the deadline to kind of see what's going to transpire here overall, though, I think the Leafs are, you know, they're in for another great season. I want to ask you quickly before we take a break, we're going to do a bunch of NHL award predictions, which is always fun. We love doing that with dark guy. I got to ask you though, Jason, looking at the division right now, there might be some moving and shaking like there are teams that are still knocking on the door. The Ottawa's the Buffalo's Detroit should be better. Who do you foresee maybe knocking a team off and getting into the playoffs this year? Because for my money, it's Buffalo. Absolutely. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. When I'm looking at the, the makeups of the teams, uh, Buffalo is definitely knocking on the door. Uh, they're, they're on everybody's heels. So that's, uh, that's who I'd be uh, on the lookout for and, and who teams should not be underestimating going into games against them. I completely agree. Buffalo, like they're, they're scary. They're like up front. Look, they were top five in goals last year. I think they had the third best offense off the top of my head in the NHL. It was just their defense and, and their goaltending. But this Levi kid, man, I, you know, if he can be the guy and, uh, you know, really push Uka Pekka Lukanen potentially and, you know, Darlene power, man, like they, they have some staples there now. Like the Sabres are not deadbeats anymore. Like you can't push that team around. Ottawa will see. I I don't know. I I still don't. I don't have a lot of faith in Jonas Corposalo. I don't know, man. I I look at that Ottawa team and I see no improvement from last year. Honestly, uh, you know, not to. It's not the Battle of Ontario. I'm not hating on my my provincial rival. I just I look at the team. Uh, I agree with you, Corposalo. I I don't see him being the guy who's gonna. Uh, just grab that team and will them into the playoffs. Uh, and and there's too many holes up and down the lineup uh, for, for me to, to get behind them saying they're ready to take uh, another step forward. I just, I don't see it. You know, you don't, I, you don't have a guy, you know, Jake Sanderson, fantastic, uh, great up and coming defenseman, but you know, you're, you're talking about Rasmus Dahlin in Buffalo, uh, Owen power, who is uh, set to take, you know, probably another step, uh, in his development, especially with his extension announced yesterday, uh, you know, the pressure's off a little bit for him. Now he's just going to go out and play. Uh, 
I'd love to see power use his size a little more for, for a guy that big, that, that strong, that can skate like he can, you know, he's not overly physical. And and maybe if he starts to develop that aspect of the game, uh, he's going to be that much more of a force to be reckoned with. But I just, I, I don't see that for Ottawa. It's I, I I'll say this for, for Ottawa. I won't be shocked if they get into the playoffs, but I will uh, more so the other way, not at all be surprised if they miss now. Now, listen, like they're a talented team. Like at the, at the top of their lineup, there's danger. Like I love Timmy Stutzla. That kid can he can play. Timmy Stu is a player, and like we know Brady Kachuk. You say the name Kachuk, you know what you're getting. You're getting a dog fight from that guy. Claude Giroux can still play. He's still one of the smartest players in the NHL for my money. Tarasenko. They're going to need a lot of stuff to go right. Tarasenko, yeah. Can he stay healthy? Like. But don't get me wrong. Uh, I definitely, they definitely got some players. Uh, but yes, you need, you you need a team, and and I I don't see I don't see a team that is capable of the playoffs. You say you wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs. Uh, I'd be completely shocked. I just don't see it from them. Okay. Yeah. Well, we differ a little bit there. I guess. Like I I know I understand where you're coming from because we just haven't seen it. But with the talent that is there. If they play right up to their expectations, all those guys, and they get some surprise guys that come up, and if this Norris guy could be healthy, my God, would they ever be stacked up top? I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm I'm not putting a, a ton of belief in it. But we'll we'll see. It'll be an interesting race in the division. All right, we'll take a quick break. Go ahead, bud. We're, we're gonna Norris was one of my sleepers in a lot of my fantasy pools. I was looking at grabbing him in the late rounds, and then he... I held on to him. Yeah. I held on to him because I'm like 35 goals in what was it, 67 games that year? I'm like, God, if this guy plays 82, could he score 40 plus? Like, I just don't want to let that go. There's, but again, that's that's part of the story with Ottawa. They need a lot of stuff to go right. All right, we'll take a quick break. We need a lot of stuff to go right with our predictions coming up next. NHL award predictions, Calder, Jack Adams, Hart, you name it. We're gonna predict it coming up next here on Instigating. <laughs> Welcome back to Instigating with Clarkie and Drury, brought to you by our great friends, Conway Furniture, Highway 86, East End of Listowel. Go visit them for all your furniture needs. They got all kinds of stuff in there, tables, lazy boys, couches. For you couch potatoes out there, we're going to touch on that later. As always, of course, our friends at Larry Hudson, Chevrolet Buick GMC, lots of great deals over there. The deals are hot. We know it. At Larry Hudson's, go in there and see him. If you don't have a rep already, Go see our buddy Clarky over there. And if you do have a rep, just go in, check it out. They got so much stuff in there. SUVs for wintertime, four by fours, trucks. They got it. And our friends over at the Listowel Squash Courts. Easier than ever to become a member over there. It's cheap. It's a great facility. And it's 24-7. You want to play squash at 3 a.m.? You can do that. I've done it. So believe me, you can get in there and play squash anytime. Visit our friends online, Listable Squash Courts. Ryan Drury back here with our great friend, your friendly neighborhood dark guy, Jason Maslico. Buddy, it's time to do a thing we've been doing for a long time, you and I, since we've known each other. It seems like on whatever show we've appeared on together, we always got to do some award predictions. Are you ready? I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do this. Okay. We'll go through uh, the gauntlet here. 
We've got six awards to hand out, including our early prediction for cup winners. Although I don't even know if we need to ask Jason who he thinks is going to win the cup, but we'll do it. We'll, we'll ask him. We'll be polite here. But in the spirit of being polite, we're going to pass it to you first here being the guest. Let's start with the Calder Trophy. Yes, Connor Bedard looking pretty good through the first two games so far. Two points, a goal and an assist. Is it him running away with it, or do you foresee someone else potentially grabbing a hold of Rookie of the Year? Oh, everybody's going to take the simple, easy Connor Bedard answer, and that's just lazy. That's just lazy. Calder Trophy going to Devin Levy, goaltender, Buffalo Sabres. And the reason why, he wills that team into the playoffs Chicago's not coming near the playoffs. I, I don't I don't care what kind of season Connor Bedard has. They're not coming near the playoffs. Devin Levy steps, stands on his head. Buffalo makes the playoffs. You have a Calder Trophy winner right there. Listen, dark guy. You and I over the years have had a lot of a, a lot of agreements, a lot of disagreements, <laughs> particularly when it comes to goalies. I, I still don't like that that Ilya Samsonov guy. I still don't <laughs> like him. However, I would like to point out that as I look down here on my list on my phone notes app, I also have Devin Levi winning the Calder Trophy, dark guy. Let's go. As minds think alike. Yes. I For the same reasons, our friend Dwayne down in Buffalo will be happy with our pick. I just think Devin Levi is going to be the next great goaltender. He's shown it at every level. He was dominant and dominant with a capital D in the NCAA. And it's very rare that you see a goalie skip the AHL and jump right in. Well, in the six games he played last year, he was brilliant and showed that Buffalo is not only set up front and on the back end, I think they're set in the blue paint too. And I certainly think that if this guy puts up a 30 plus win, 915-ish plus save percentage, toss a couple shutouts in there, I just don't see how, unless Bedard does the OV Sid thing and has 100 points, I just don't see how if Levi puts those numbers up, you can't ignore him for a potential Calder win. And I believe off the top of my head, he would be the first goaltender to win it since Cam Ward, uh, I believe, off the top of my head. So that would be, hey, that'd be All right. we love our goalies. We love our goalies here, right? We're goalie huggers. We like that. Let's move over to the Hart Trophy. Yes, Connor McDavid again. Bedard, an obvious Calder pick. McDavid, deservedly so. He's the best player on earth. Obvious Hart pick. I mean, you put up 150 points every year, it seems. You're going to have a grasp on that trophy. However, dark guy, this is the best league in the world, and there's plenty of other guys who could do it. Who do you think is going to be the league MVP? Winning his second career heart trophy will be number 34 poppy austin matthews this guy he's he's again we talked about it earlier he's healthy he's wanting to to prove a point he's wanting to take that next step and and i think you're just going to see a dominant performance from one of the world's best players start to finish uh, i don't think it's even going to be close We'll see. Uh, I, it's not a bad pick. We've seen him do it before. This is one of those Leafs predictions that you can make and say, 
yeah, I can see that. I don't think anybody can argue because we've literally seen him do it. And if he's healthy all year and scores 50 plus, he'll be right there in the mix. Again, I didn't want to go with the obvious pick. If Connor McDavid wins it again, he'll deserve it because he's McDavid. Uh, However, I wanted to go a different direction too. And I just think that this team is going to take another big step. They showed everybody last year that they're serious business. And I think this young man is the catalyst of it all. I would not be shocked at all behind a 115, 120-ish point season if Jack Hughes is lifting the Hart Trophy at the NHL Awards. I just think that Jack Hughes, he showed last year throwing his stick in the stands after OT winners and pulling dangles out. Well, those that Hughes family, my God, they got three talented kids. They're just loving life right now, and Jack's going to love it the most this year. Uh, I I think Jack Hughes is going to, and, and he's got great odds, by the way, if you're a betting man, like we are, dark guy. He's got great odds, I believe, uh, last I looked on Bet365. He might be like plus 3,500 or something like that. Like that's, hey, sprinkle five on that, you know, like Jack I, Hughes, I, I could see him doing it. I definitely can't argue your selection of Jack Hughes. I mean, you listen to this guy talk and, and the hunger and drive to want to be considered and, and perform like the upper echelon of the league uh, is there. This, this guy wants it. And I would not be at all surprised uh, to see him come out and, and have uh, an MVP season. He's uh, he's talented, man. But again, there's lots of talented guys, McDavid, dry Pasternak. Those guys are out there, man. Good defenseman. Could Kale McCarr have a big year? We might talk about him in a little bit here. Heart trophy. There you go. Matthews for dark guy. Jack Hughes of the Devils for myself. Let's talk about the Rocket. I think we're probably both on that. We might both be on the same page here. To pair with his heart in Dark Guy's heart is Austin Matthews also taken. I wish we would have done the Rocket first because I would have said after winning the Rocket, you're obviously winning the Hart Trophy. Right. Uh, But absolutely, I'm going with Austin Matthews again. He's one of the most prolific goal scorers, uh, will be one of the most prolific goal scorers of all time. He's the best natural goal scorer in the game today. Uh, he's your he's your Rocket Richard uh, trophy winner for 2023-2024. Uh, I agree. Let's not beat around the bush here. I, I mean, night one was any indication. The guy just wants to get back to business and and shooting a lot shooting at high volume uh, i feel like they're going to find new ways to utilize him on the power play which if he really wants to start racking up rockets in in the same type of fashion that big o does uh or has because he's got a long way to go like oh i think by the same age o already had five so Matthew's got to get in gear here. And if he wants to do that, they got to start finding different ways to get him involved on the power play. Like Ovi's done better than, well, anybody in NHL history he leads on in all time power play goals. Matthews, if he can, if the, the whole team, the coaching staff, he himself, if they can find ways to get him some different looks with the man advantage, there's absolutely no reason why this guy can't eat up a rocket this year. And for many other years to come, will he hit the nine that Ovi's got? We'll see. 
We will see, but I'm right on that boat with you. Big Poppy, the big cactus. He will be your Rocket Richard winner this year. Let's talk about something that might have a little bit more, you know, debatability around it, if you will. Let's talk Norris Trophy here. And I just want to say off the top here, because we happen to be recording this on Thursday, October 12th. And I just need to get this off my chest. It is a hill that I will die on. I will take this battle with the NHL and the NHL award voters to my grave. October 12th happens to be the birthday of a man who I love. His name is Michael Green. And he played for the Washington Capitals for a long, long time. And in 2009, he scored 30 goals and broke Paul Coffey's consecutive goal record for defensemen in eight straight games and did not win the Rocket Richard Trophy. Zidane Chara won the Rocket, or uh, pardon me, the Norris Trophy. Zidane Chara won that year, I believe. It might have even been Duncan Keith. It doesn't matter who it was because it should have been Mike Green. <laughs> and I forever will be so mad that Mike Green was denied his right to put his name on the James Norris Memorial Trophy. I digress. Well, I think let's talk simple, about it. I think there's a simple solution for that, and, and it's called. Yes. It's called the Bobby Orr Trophy. That is going right. to be for the most offensive defenseman, and the Norse can remain for the best defensive defenseman in the league. Uh, I'm not a fan of how the Norse Trophy has evolved into, you know, if you've led the league or you're in a top five league in defensive scoring, then chances are you're getting votes. Um don't think that's the way it should be because there's a lot of really good defensive defensemen in the league. Bring I agree. Trophy and call it a day. I, I agree. And I wouldn't hate that idea. My issue though, is exactly what you brought up. My personal vendetta with the Norris trophy award that year. It has transformed into this point contest and no one did it better than Mike green. He scored 30 <laughs> goals, 30. He broke a Paul Coffey record for God's sake. I, we can't do this. I'm going to get angry and I don't want to be angry. We're having fun. We're having fun on instigating. Okay. Norris trophy, dark guy. Who do you like? Uh, Justin Hall. <laughs> Show's over folks. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, just the the development uh, and all around improvement of his game, uh, pinnacling last year uh, with with ha- the, how he performed. Uh, I think this is uh, you know many will say Kale McCars to lose. Uh, you know, there's a couple other dark horses, Miro Heiskanen in Dallas. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, I I, I think we see a, a little bit of the changing of the guard here with uh, Rasmus Dahlin. You know, dark guy, it's just, we've been friends a long time and we're just continuing along this, this path where we're, we're walking hand in hand down the happy predictions road, aren't we? Cause I also think Rasmus Dahlin will win the Norris trophy. Why? Well, look, when he first came into the league, people thought, oh, you know, it, he's not really hitting expectations. Completely unfair. Defense is the hardest position in hockey to walk into the NHL and play at a high level. But he has shown over the last couple of years, really, particularly with his big breakout performance last year, which included some injury woes, 
that he was absolutely more than worth that number one overall selection. This kid is a freak. Not only is he one of the best puck handlers in the entire league, the kid can dangle like he's a left winger. It's unbelievable. He's got a booming shot. And he plays with an edge, too. This guy loves to catch people coming through the trolley tracks with their head down. Go on YouTube and look up hit reels from even back in Sweden all the way to his time in the NHL. If you cut through the middle of Buffalo zone, watch out. Darlene will catch you. And I think that that combo of his rugged, aggressive, physical play combined with those nifty, nifty mittens. I think Darlene is going to put up 80-plus points. He's going to feast on that Buffalo power play, and he's going to be your Norris Trophy winner. I love it. We're in agreement here. Here I came into this uh, into this episode I know. of the podcast thinking that I was going to have some groundbreaking, controversial even, predictions, and here we are. Maybe maybe if Clarky was here, he would have a, a a little bit of something different. Probably all Toronto Maple Leafs, but uh, I can't blame him for that. So <laughs> yeah, we understand. We understand. I I get it. Uh, but yeah, maybe if Clarky was here, this would be a little a little more antagonistic, and it just <laughs> isn't. But maybe that'll change because we got a couple more awards to go here. Let's talk Jack Adams, which traditionally over the last number of years has kind of gone to a coach on a team that kind of surprised everybody that, you know, took a, a big step forward and, and made the playoffs. Maybe, maybe Donnie Meatballs down in Buffalo could be a candidate for this. Who knows? Because if we think Buffalo, like both of us do, are going to have some award winners, maybe they take a big step and get into the playoffs. He would be a guy that traditionally over the last number of years would be a candidate for this. He's not mine, but dark guy, who do you think could be coach of the year and why? Oh, I struggled with this one uh, only for the simple fact of everything you just said. Uh, when I'm looking at and, and what we've been talking about, if, if Buffalo makes that push, he's going to be on a lot of people's radars for, for getting Buffalo back into the playoffs. Uh, and then I was kind of looking, you know, over at New Jersey. I, I, I really think they are going to make some noise. Uh, and, and Lindy Ruff could uh, potentially, you know, get some of the accolades for that. But in the end, uh, I went with, with Don Granato uh, in Buffalo. I, I think if they make the playoffs, some of the guys have the, the type of years we're talking about having them having. Uh, he's he's going to get the votes in the end. So that's, I'm going with Donnie Granato in Buffalo. Donnie Meatballs, our buddy Dwayne, is going to be very ecstatic with this as well. I cannot fault you. This is hurting me, by the way. I I understand you don't like to say nice things about Buffalo. Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo is like right there. So this is is hurting me just a little bit. But, but, but you're a good fan and we respect that you're able to see things objectively. We understand how hard that is. And you're and you're doing the right thing here because I I I agree with you. Like I thought long and hard, I wrestled with this. This might be the toughest one next to the next award. We'll try and predict. It, it's just so hard because like, will it go to a guy that has a ridiculously dominant Florida type, you know, President's Trophy season? Boston last year, right? That's where the award went because Boston you know, they broke a record. You know, you saw all those Jack Adams that went to some of those great capitals. Like, it's just hard. Or is it going to go to a guy that sneaks in with a team that 
nobody really felt would make the playoffs. Well, I'm going to go in a direction. Uh, and again, we're kind of thinking alike here, dark guy. It's uh, my pick for the Jack Adams, very too early award is going to be a guy that signed a coaching uh, extension a couple days ago. And that is Lindy Ruff, a guy that Buffalo loves, but he's plying his trade with the New Jersey devils now and behind Jack Hughes, Heart Trophy season that I predicted. I feel like Lindy Ruff is going to guide that team to an unbelievable year and potentially a pretty deep playoff run. That Devils team, man, they are scary top to bottom. Yes, some question marks in goal, but if we've learned anything over the last couple years, you do not need a Martin Brodeur. You do not need a Dominic Hasek. You do not need a guy like that necessarily. To be in your pipes, you just need a guy who's mechanically solid and gets hot for a couple months. Vegas proved it again last year, and I think New Jersey's goaltending is more than capable of doing that, and that's why I think Lindy Ruff could potentially be the Jack Adams Award winner. Dark guy, this is where we will run into some differing opinions. (laughs) Who's going to win the big guy? Who is taking Lord Stanley away from the Vegas Golden Knights. I do not like them to repeat. Let's get that out of the way. And I know you don't either. I mentioned this at the start of the segment. This probably feels like the most obvious question of all time. Who do you think is winning the Stanley Cup this year? Well, I'm going to uh, give you a, a very dramatic answer here. Okay. Oh, but but before we do, being a goalie, we need to do a Vesna prediction. That's right. We have to do a Vesna. How did I forget? We're gonna do this the other way. You know, being a goaltender, I can't I can't overlook this one. Uh I, I have to ask you, who's your who's your pick to win the Vesna? See, I like that you've done this because I'm dumb. And we know this. The viewers know that. I don't think straight quite often. I got a lot going on here, or maybe not enough. The brain is not always firing at 100%, okay, guys? So I'm glad that you made sure to mention that we we, we can't forget goalie of the year. We love our goalies. Come on here. Okay. And I'm glad that you put me on the spot, too, with it. Here's who I think is going to win the Vesna trophy. And I'm going to give you a dark horse pick as well. The Vesna will be won by Ilya Sorokin. Even if the Islanders miss the playoffs, which is possible. I don't think it will be because of this guy. I think he's going to win 35 plus. He's going to have a better than 920 save percentage, and he might mix five or six shutouts in. He is one of the few goalies, one of maybe four or five in the league that are good enough to absolutely swallow and steal points by himself and win one nothing in overtime or a shootout. He's that dominant. He is the most technically sound goalie in the NHL, in my opinion. Vasilevsky lovers be damned, I, I know, but he's hurt. I can't pick him. I think Ilya Sorokin is doing things in net that are taking me back to early Ed Bell four days. Just so, so dominant and intimidating to shoot against. Ilya Sorokin, Vesna Trophy winner, book it. 
Well, I, I can't say a whole lot against that, especially when you throw out a comparison to my favorite goaltender of all time at Belfour. I um, did that on purpose. I absolutely love Sorokin. Uh, but I, I not, you know, I, I feel like saying Shesterkin or or Sorokin with an injured Vasilevsky was a little bit of an easy answer there. I mean, uh, well, do you want my dark horse pick? Fruit, Ryan. Okay, well, here, I'll, I'll give you a dark horse. My dark horse Vesna pick, if you want to, again, you want to sprinkle five, six bucks on, on the odds on this because they're pretty steep. There's a kid who's playing in the state of lakes for the Minnesota Wild, Philip Gustafson, dark horse Vesna pick. Solid, solid, solid pick. Uh, Either one of those would be would be very good picks. They'd both be wrong, but very good picks. Oh, okay. Uh, this year, I, I think you're going to see Jake Ottinger uh, out of Dallas uh, take home the Vesna. God, is he good? I, I think Dallas is going to have a very good season, uh, and I think he's going to be a large reason why, uh, which will will result in him taking home the the cherished hardware uh, at the end of the season. And and I want to throw, if I'm going to throw a dark horse into this, give me one. Don't do it, Ilya Samsonov. You make me sick. <laughs> All right, you listen, make me this, sick. Toronto Maple Leafs team has been one of the best defensive teams as a whole. Over the last couple seasons. Not because of him. He has a, a, a half-decently healthy season. Uh, he's shown flashes of brilliance multiple times throughout his career. Uh, he did it a lot last year. He is in a scenario where he can position himself with, with a good season into a dark horse candidate. And, and I don't care how much you hate that answer. That's what you're getting. Here's what I'll say about old Ilya. It will require him to play more than 50, 55 games because the other guys we've mentioned are going to pl- probably push 60. Absolutely. He's never played more than, what? what's his career high, 38? He's never played more than 38 games in any year, so not even a half season. Numbers last year, pretty good, minus the playoffs, which I predicted because the guy can't screw his head on straight. But they were really good at home. He had one of the strangest goaltending seasons that I've seen maybe in my life because his road numbers were atrocious. I'm talking sub-900 save percentage. That's why they call it a dark horse, Drury. I get and and <laughs> to be fair to be fair to you, even with my disdain for what he was not able to do as a highly touted Washington Capitals prospect, it's a great dark horse pick. It, it yeah. is because you still sit there, you look at him. You know who you know who he is. If I could compare him to another to another uh, now former athlete, you know who Ilya Samsonov is, dude. He's Tim Tebow where you're like, that's what he is where you're like, I don't know how he's doing it because it looks sloppy, but he's getting results. No. Are they leading? Are they leading to the ultimate prize? No, but he, you can't argue with 
the wins and the things that he does do at times when he's in there. Was it the prettiest release when Tim Tebow threw the ball? No, but he was a grinder. And especially in college, like he just got it done. And you were like, I don't know how the hell this kid is pulling this off, but he's doing it. And you, you hold on to this little nugget of belief. You're like, I can see the talent there. And you're like, God, is it ever going to fully bloom? Is the flower ever going to fully open? He's still young enough where you, you can absolutely still cling to that. But you it's just- going to take him, man, it's going to take a serious turn. I don't know what they're doing with him there. They've got a new goalie like Curtis Sanford. And I know Curtis McElhaney's now joined the organization too. They're going to have to get him to stop with the happy feet. He is still way too noisy in his crease. And and you, there's no more evidence of it still being a problem than Montreal's fifth goal in the opener. Elanin's goal, like, what's he doing out there? Yeah. If he can rein that in and not be awful on the road, like dark guy, look, he's a talented kid. Okay, it's a great so, dark horse pick. You just compared Ilya Samsonov to Tim Tebow, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and, and change the subject <laughs> because you see what uh, I mean, though. Yes, absolutely. I do. I do see what you're getting at. Uh, I think it's a horrible comparison <laughs> because I I, I see but why I, I see Samsonov having more longevity and more success. Uh, long term, I think he's already further along than than Tim Tim Tebow was. I I agree. I I understand. I I I guess what I'm saying is I just see I see a similarity the in instigate. the whole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're we're instigating. You're you're po- we're poking the bear back and forth here. Um, I'll say this: I love his mask, the Cujo tribute. Let's go! Like absolutely, uh, that well, Martin Jones did a fantastic job too. Uh, uh, Going to be down with the Marlies, and amazing that he cleared waivers to get down there. But okay, one more, one more before we go to Cup winners. We we need to we need to talk about the former Patrice Bergeron annual award. Uh, oh, you want to do Selkie? I didn't think you want to Selkie. I mean, it, okay. It would have been so easy to just say Patrice Bergeron, but he's no longer playing. There has to be a changing of the guard. Somebody's going to step up here and 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 take home the hardware. Who do you got? Selkie. See, now I was really unprepared for this one, but I have a guy, a guy who I really like a lot and I think is a really, really good defensive player. Again, I just think that this will be a contributing factor to Jack Hughes winning a heart. Lindy Ruff winning a Jack Adams. I think Nico Heeshear, he's going to get one. And I think it might be this year. He's really good. Nico Heeshear, Selkie. Absolutely agree. Nico Heeshear is going to probably win more than one Selkie award in the course of his career. I don't don't think it's going to be this year. Okay. Uh, People are probably expecting me to say Austin Matthews. Maybe Mitch Marner, because I mean, Mitch Marner, even as a winger, was still top three in votes last year. And, and to, yes, uh, uh, a generally center biased award. Uh, but I'm not. Uh, I, I think this guy still has a lot in the tank and he's still one of the top defensive forwards in the league. I think Anze Kopitar uh, is your sulky winner. I, I mean, how, already a winner multiple times, I believe now. I think he's got two in the cabinet. 
to go along with all of his other great awards. I mean, you can't really argue with that. Mitch Marner, if he were to do it, I believe off the top of my head, if if memory serves, which my brain's not great, but my memory's pretty good, folks. Memory serves, the last winger to win the award was Yeri Lettinen in 2002. And he's pretty darn good, and he played for the Dallas Stars. It's not impossible for the people that believe in Mitch Marner for the award, right? It's not impossible. Absolutely. But it's been a while. Yes. It's been a while. Okay, quickly, before we go to our couch potato segment to end off the show, cup winner, just say it. Leafs beat the Avs. Leafs beat the Avs. Oh, so you've got a cup final and everything figured hey, out. Leafs here. beat the Avs. I don't okay. care how many games. I don't care how many games. That's what's happening. <laughs> Four games. Why not? They're sweeping. <laughs> here's here's my cup prediction. I love those New Jersey Devils, man. I love what's going on down at the Rock. And I think it's going to be rocking in the Garden State. They'll get the boss out there at the parade. Let's go. It'll be sweet. And the Devils, you want to know who they're going to beat in the cup final? It's going to be a rewind to the year 2000. Yes, sir. They're going to beat the Dallas Stars in seven. Devils, let's go. That'd be very interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great conference finals between the Devils and Leafs when the Leafs actually win and and send your boys home. So, uh, what a what an Eastern Conference final that would be. Absolutely. Two big American centers going head to head. Let's Husey and Matthews. Oh. Sign me up. Where do we sign? We just need the Leafs to come through for us. We just <laughs> need them to come through for us. It'll be interesting. All right. Love doing award predictions with Dark Eye when we come back. No Clarky, so Dark Eye graciously is going to sit in with us. He's got a couch potato brought to you by Conway Furniture, ready to go. That's next here on Instigating. Wrapping things up this week on Instigating with Clarkie and Drury, brought to you by our great friends at Conway Furniture, Highway 86, East End of Listowel. Of course, our friends at Larry Hudson, Chevrolet Buick, GMC here in Listowel, where the deals are hot. Go see them. They've got SUVs. They got trucks. Winter around the corner. You need that four by four. Go see them. You can even go visit Clarkie there. If you don't already have a rep, he'll help you out. And of course, our friends at the Listowel Squash Courts. Back here with Dark Guy, Jason Maslico, wrapping things up. Gracious enough to join us on our Conway Furniture Couch Potato of the Week. And again, Jason, as our guest, I will leave it to you to start things off. Who is your couch potato of the week? Is it negative? Is it somebody being lazy? Or is it somebody who deserves to kick back in a comfy lazy boy? Which, by the way, you can get it with our friends at Conway Furniture. What's it going to be, Mr. Dark Guy? My couch potato of the week uh, has not earned the right to kick back and relax. Uh, Okay. they, They have missed the boat yet again and and it's absolutely beyond disappointing but but my couch potato of the week goes to the team at maple leaf sports and entertainment that selected pursuit of happiness by kid cuddy to be the new maple leafs goal song you went from bad to bad wow okay okay so i gotta be honest dude quickly I'm shocked because the way you started that, I thought you were going to say Mark Shapiro and the Blue Jays because (laughs) they were there. (laughs) 
And and they were and Ross Atkins was my couch potato last week, as we all know. What a heated show that was. Go check that out. Um, however, I, I I want you to dive deeper here because you can't come out with a criticism of the new goal song if you don't have a suggestion for what you would have picked. Okay, this is very simple. I mean, you need something, as we talked earlier in the show, the crowd at the Scotiabank Center can can be so dreary and down and laid back and you know there's not it's difficult to get a goalie scotian going sometimes you needed a song that had a little meat to it that was going to get people out of their feet cheering and when it's done playing keep cheering chant go leaves go something along the lines of kickstart my heart motley crew would have been a fantastic choice this is going to get some criticism, but if you wanted Canadian contact, content, burn it down, uh, burn it to the ground by Nickelback. Would have been a great choice that has a little meat to it, a, a little get up and go. Not, I'm on the pursuit of happiness, and I know everything that shines ain't always going to be gold. Hey, I'll be fine when I get it. Like, seriously? Well, they should just play the version of you singing this. We're going to send this to MLSE, and it can just be Dark Guy. Yeah, I don't know how well that would go over either, but uh, no. going from Hall of Notes to, to Kid Cudi was was not – it was a lateral move. And it, it was maybe a marginal upgrade. I, I do like the song. It was a great club banger. Yeah, yeah. Good party tune. It's just not what's going to keep the fans – standing and cheering when they stop playing it and and that's uh mlse uh for for the team that made that decision uh, have a seat on the couch i love it i love it you want to have a seat on the couch you can get one at conway furniture by the way you know what the price you see on the stuff in there that includes hst and delivery all right so if you want to be lazy on the couch like the mlse people you go to conway furniture speaking of couch potatoes i love it hey for my money Give me some Brian Adams. Come on. Can't stop this thing we started. Let's go. We, we've we started a journey here. We we need a cup run. Can't stop this thing we started. Let's go, Brian Adams. Yes. There's so much. Thin Lazy, the boys are back. I mean, come on. Pick pick anything. Pick anything. Anything some other than Kentucky or Hollow Notes. <laughs> some hip. Give me some Alexis on fire, for God's sake. Come on. I, I, I Listen, I guess I'm just happy it wasn't a Justin Bieber collaboration. Yeah. Well, it's the small victories, right? It's, yeah, the small, the small victories. it's the small victories. My couch potato, it's very plain and simple. And producer Adam knows because I let him know ahead of time what my couch potato is. I'm just really disappointed in the NHL. And it's Gary Bettman and his cronies out there. What are you doing with this pride tape nonsense? Come on, Gary. For God's sake, you can't have an organization and an initiative called Hockey is for Everyone and then ban pride tape. Look, seven or eight guys cried that they had to wear a pride jersey, and now you've gone the complete opposite direction. Society's changing. The world is changing. We got to be more accepting of people, man. This is so lame. And to ban the tape, like who the hell was the tape hurting, Gary? It's just so lame, and it's such a lazy, borderline bigoted thing to do. Gare, You've made a lot of mistakes in your career, including a potential upcoming return to Atlanta. But I don't even care. 
bring the Atlanta Thrashers back. I loved the jersey, but let them wear pride tape on their sticks if they want. If there's seven or eight crybabies who don't want to wear pride stuff, fine. But let the other guys do it. It's been a great initiative, and this is so lazy. Caving to a couple crybabies. That's about as lazy as it gets. I can't stand it. Makes me sick. Before we go, obviously want to offer our condolences to the Snow family. Of course, Chris Snow, the assistant general manager in Calgary, passing away after a brave five-year battle with ALS. Uh, A good buddy of mine, Kyle, he lost his dad to ALS, a terrible disease. And the Snows have been so brave through it all. Kelsey and the kids, we just want to send our condolences to you and the entire Flames organization for that matter as well. And to Barry Melrose too, what a beauty. Barry Melrose has been such a great ambassador for the game and uh, he's stepping away from broadcasting, a legendary broadcasting career diagnosed with Parkinson's. We're thinking about the magic mullet himself, Barry. We're all behind you. You can watch this show Friday nights at 8, Sunday nights at 9 with our friends on Whiteman TV. That's channel 6 for Whiteman subscribers. You can catch the show debuting on our YouTube channel at 9 o'clock on Fridays. Follow us on social media at Instigating Pod. You can find the podcast version where all your favorite podcasts can be found, including Apple and Spotify. I'm Ryan Drury for Clarky and our good buddy, Jason Maslico, your friendly neighborhood dark guy. It could be the year. It could be the year. Dark guy still believes. Do you believe, Leaf Nation? Thanks for doing this, pal. Pleasure's all mine, and it is the year. It's the year. Let's see. We'll be back next week with more Instigating.